The following podcast has been rated TVMA, NSFW, R, and NC-17, so it is not safe for kids. Put your children to bed. You spend enough time with them anyway. Times are getting a little easier these days, but that don't mean taking time for yourself needs to. When you want a drink, you want to work for it. That's why I only drink Malort. Its unusual full-bodied flavor of deck varnish and viper piss is a taste savored by two-fisted drinkers. So if you think your two fists are strong enough, why not grab yourself a shot of the only booze big enough to knock some sense right back into you? Jepson's Malort. It'll kick your ass for you, so you can take time taking her easy. Proud sponsor of Chad the Birdcast, which is what you're listening to right now. Test, test, test. There we go. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Chad. I'm a bird. This is my birdcast. We've been through this before. Time is a flat circle. How are you doing? I hope you're doing okay out there. What a week it has been. Yesterday, and I'm still recovering, me and Teddy Gales were live from Logan Arcade doing a fundraiser for Clear Exotic Animal Rescue. And <laughs> first of all, we raised a lot of money. We don't have an exact total yet, but way to go. We raised enough money to cut Frieden from Clear Exotic Animal Rescue's hair, which we didn't do live because it's a bar and we were drinking. And you shouldn't do that when you're drinking. I don't care what Barstool Sports says. But we raised a lot of money. And one of the reasons we did that is because we were dared via the chat for Teddy to eat $40 worth of nachos, which he did. And I'm still thinking about it. I did text him earlier. He says his guts are fine because he's a goddamn champion. That's why. But yeah, that's the kind of shenanigans you can expect. Go check it out on my YouTube. It's in the live archives uh, and tell everyone what you saw. Also, don't forget, you can still continue to donate to clear uh, exotic animal rescue. We're not just eating nachos for it. It's a real thing. You can give them money. Uh, but important stuff coming up. March 3rd. Blue Island, Illinois. Me, Jamie Schreiner, John McCombs, Grit and the Double Mint, and the Bill Larkin are going to be live for the 420 show, which is just what it sounds like. Dope! Check it out in the link. Click on it and come see. Um, oh, we got new merch. The Beanie is live, and I I had to rename it because I'm like, no, man, Beanie's not canon. It is a toque can. So you're welcome. And you can get it in three glorious flavors. You can get it in uh, Midnight Hawk. You can get it in Steel Beak. Or you can get it in Hoth Falcon. It's just black, gray, and white. But those are boring. Mine are cooler. Yep, the beanie, the toucan is live. I'm just going to keep calling it the toucan. So just like this is the last time you're going to hear me call it a beanie. Because a beanie's dumb. I want to call it what it is. The toucan is live. Sport it on your head while you're pulling off mean leans and sweet grinds. Or you can just wear it because your head's cold, especially if you're up in, like, Alaska or some shit. You can wear this and show your love. Uh, check it out on my website. Link is below. Okay, those are the plugs. March 3rd, come to Blue Island, Illinois. Go get a toucan and show your friends how cool you are. Snap it for the grams and tag me. I want to see how it looks on you humans in the real. Um, we got other merch, too. We got stickers. Uh, and the summer tea is still here, but it's almost gone. So get after that. Uh, and I know people have been asking about the uh, enamel pins. We're working on it. Those are expensive, and we want to we wanna make them right. It's got to be right. It doesn't work if it's wrong. Uh, speaking of wrong, I saw Madam Web, and this is my review already in progress.
you like me Cause you could go downhill I can't promise that you love me But you probably will I can't promise you forever, baby Cause that just went too long I got a pocket full of quarters Opinions are like buttholes. You gotta have one or how else are you gonna get your bullshit out? Now granted that metaphor applies specifically to bulls, but like also same shit, same diff. Thing is, you gotta get your air out of your body regardless of your orifice, cause if you don't, you'll be awkwardly full of farts and have to sit there with that I totally don't have to fart look on your face all through dinner. Polite, but hiding something, like an NPR true crime podcast. Passive, but going somewhere dark. And you're not really gonna enjoy the evening at all, cause all you're thinking about is when would be the right time to release this gut bull into the wild. Biding your time with smiles and nods, keeping up with the wine, cause that's only gonna help when the hosts call it an evening and they gotta get up early. Cause of course it's not your home and there's guests. So no matter where you could possibly go to blast this grumpkin, you're gonna be discovered. The mystery's not too thick to navigate. There's only a few suspects, and you can't blame the dog because they don't have one because Marsha's allergic. And of course there was a cheese board, which is only gonna help you fart more, but you knew there was gonna be a cheese board. Ever since 2010, if you don't have a cheese board at minimum when guests arrive, you're immediately branded reckless, which takes forever to wear off. Yeah, it's not like you didn't have an open bar at a wedding, you're not a fucking barbarian. But still, that stink sticks. And sure, to you it doesn't really matter, cheese boards are not essential to a gathering, but that's not a fact, that's an opinion. Holy shit, you got one, see? But you can't use it, especially not at dinner with Marsha sitting right there, you know that's gonna go. That's not the right time to let that bull out of the pen. You gotta hold back until the right moment when you can let it fly, like the epic fudge gust you're gonna unleash when you get home. Like if a bouncy castle exploded in your studio bathroom. There is a time and a place for opinions, human, is what I'm saying. The internet is your collective bathroom of sweet release, so browse responsibly. And there is no better example of time, place, and reason for an opinion than a movie review. This is not a hot take on global politics. This is not taking on an unfiltered Thanksgiving rant from your Uncle Patriot on taxes and healthcare. This is not a space to really get into it about human rights, nay. Those are for research and intellectual discourse and logic and compassion. This is a movie review, a house of petty opinionation, judgments, catty observations, and a rating of up to five stars, because anything more than that is stupid. Five is the final criteria, it's not an even number. So there's no half shit here, it's either A, B, C, D, or F. No curve, no added points for good behavior, no fucking pluses, fuck is that? You either got an A or you didn't. Do or do not, there is no try. You wanna argue with Yoda? Go ahead, that's just your opinion though. He'll force you the fuck off the planet, idiot. What are you even doing here? In a movie review, there are absolutes. Here, there are failure. Do you know where you are? You're in the Jocko, baby! And yeah, there's a lot to talk about in the world, a lot of madness and horror, but right here, right now, we're gonna get into it about something I think is on all of our minds, even if we don't wanna say it, even if we don't wanna acknowledge it, even though it is bubbling in our guts like the wine and cheese wanting desperately to be heard and noted, and we can't, because we're trying to stay polite. Sony Pictures, Madam Web. 
Release Valentine's Day 2024. This is a love letter indeed, but not to the superhero film or really to human movies at all. But instead, a heart-shaped Hallmark card to do in whippets and superhero jammies while surf riding a flaming bus, careening off a cliff into a low-flying prop plane filled with designer suits and hairspray. This shrooming Minecraft cart ride off the tracks stars Dakota Johnson as Cassandra Webb, not to be confused with Madam Webb from 1977, who appeared in a hostess ad where she tried to kidnap Spider-Man because she was in love with him, only to be bribed into surrender with a Twinkie. Also not to be confused with the Madam Webb that former Spider-Woman, Julia Carpenter, previously Cornwall, would later become in her place, even though Sidney Sweeney's character is Julia Cornwall, not yet Carpenter, not yet Spider-Woman in this film. Just in case you were confused, it's fine. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. Because none of it is canon in Sony's movie, because fuck you, that's why. Cassandra's having a hard time as a paramedic whose best pal is Ben Parker, a.k.a. Uncle Ben, a.k.a. Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec, and they both know Mike Epps and frequent his patio grill-outs. Cassandra has a near-death experience which unlocks her ability to see and be in multiple dimensions, the strands of time coming together, a web, if you will, and you should, because that's as deep as it gets. Meanwhile, evil Ezekiel Sims, not to be confused with the Ezekiel Sims from Amazing Spider-Man number 30, where he wasn't evil, and he got his powers from a spider totem ritual and kind of helped Spider-Man out, but he was always barefoot in a designer suit, which Taha Rahim is frequently in, so like, that's canon good enough. He's having visions of three Spider-Women in tight cosplay, and they're gonna kill him. So he figures he's gonna find them as teenagers and murder them first. Totally reasonable and the least unhinged thing this bong rip of a plot does. Cassandra is also having the same visions, kind of, sort of, it doesn't matter. The screenplay was rewritten by four screenwriters, two of whom wrote Morbius. So in the end, it comes off like the plot huffed Novocaine and went for a bike ride. And she decides to find these teenage girls and help them stop Ezekiel without actually knowing why, how, what, or when, it doesn't matter, because they're Sydney Sweeney, Isabella Marcet, and Celeste O'Connor as the fearsome threesome spider women, Anya Corazon, Maddie Franklin, and as previously mentioned, Julia Cornwall, later Julia Carpenter, later Spider-Woman, later Madam Web. It's like Vanderpump rules. If you give a shit, you get it. If you don't, whatever. Everybody looks great. So... Dakota Johnson helps them escape by accidentally bringing them to the spot where Ezekiel was waiting in the dark like a Spider-Man looking in a kink suit, never really explaining what's going on. Then she hijacks a cab and takes these three girls into the woods to wait. But she's got to go back because she remembered her mom was murdered in the jungles of Peru trying to find a rare spider while she was pregnant with Cassandra Webb, played by Dakota Johnson, whose real mom is Melanie Griffith, just in case you don't know how nepotism works. So, to recap... Anastasia Steele just convinced three teenage girls, strangers to each other and to her, to get in a cab because they were being hunted by a very good-looking man whose entire character sounds like it was written for Tommy Wiseau, drove them to the woods and left them there. It's not kidnapping, it's DiGiorno's. From then on, the movie stops caring what you think, what you want, how humans actually function and logic and just get out of the room, Dad. You're being such a gomer right now. And it barrels into explosions, a spider cult in the jungle, whack-a-damn-do freak-out vision sequences like an ayahuasca screensaver. Cassandra hits Ezekiel with a car, not once, but twice. 
showing her real superpower is vehicular manslaughter in an origin story tangled more than Christmas lights after remove. I don't want to spoil it for you, because that's impossible. There's no way you would understand what the hell was going on, even if I told you. You just got to strap in and feel it. It's not so much a movie as a tone poem with explosions and dialogue that sounded like somebody came to after surgery. Performances are connected to reality like Twilight and The Room, anchored by the most bewilderingly apathetic performance since Fifty Shades Free. It's hypnotic, captivating in its campy wilds like a date you know is crazy, but you kind of want to see where this goes, because how the fuck else you got going on? And yeah, in the end, it's another byproduct of the multiverse that was ripped open in twain ever since Marvel sold the rights to Sp Sony in 1999, the timeline branching into 10 Spider-Men, two Venom and Morbius, leaving us here in this universe where everyone looks like they took Ambien and strapped themselves into a perpetually burning roller coaster. It's incredible to witness, confounding to try and rationalize, and will forever piss off couch-riding misogynist fanboys, but what doesn't? Fish in a barrel. And I'm sure they're gonna come for me in the comments for even saying fish in a barrel. Well, you don't have to work hard in the comic book adaptation arena to get more well actuallys than a woman at a tech conference, but whatever. Their disappointed rage jumps are futile. I've seen what they dig. Opinions being buttholes and all. In the end, this movie takes bigger swings than a wine-drunk cousin in a batting cage. Never connecting, but never not entertaining. It's high camp that doesn't know what it is. Written by an alien trying its best, but it didn't do the reading. Making AI sound like it totally nailed it. In between bafflingly awesome stunts and, and action from SJ Jessica Jones Clarkson in a plot that may not be canon, but it can sure shoot a fucking t-shirt. Bonkers, wild, trashy, void of connection to the source material or reality at all, and loud like a bachelorette party at a karaoke bar and just as untamed. Five stars. <laughs> Special thing, goddamn. I mean what I say, guys. Go see that movie. It's so good. Uh, by that, I mean it's terrible, but it's also hypnotic. Special thanks to the Barracudas for their kick-ass song, Promises. It's taking us out on the back end. Thank you to Jebson's Malort for keeping me alive. Thank you to Zach Manselbo for recording me. Thank you to you for listening to me. March 3rd, Blue Island, Illinois. Come check it out. The Smoke Show, baby. It's going to be awesome and also dope. I, it's the last time I'm going to make that joke. And keep it coming. Uh, we got other stuff coming up. Uh, I don't know, but I don't, I'll tell you more as it happens. But a lot of shows. We got a show coming up in April. And we definitely have a big show coming up in August, but we got a little ones in between. So keep on the website, keep listening to the Birdcast, spread the word, and keep being you. Don't be anybody else, because they don't know what they're doing. You know what you're doing. Um, unless, of course, you can be Batman. In which case, be Batman. Nailed it.